Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What's up, everybody? Sathya Sam here, and welcome to the New Man Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you are having a fabulous day. Um, I think I'm just jumping right in today. I don't have any prequel, preface, none of that stuff. I got nothing to say. I'm having a great day, and I hope you are too. But we're just going to jump right in and uh, talk about our, our content today. So let me just give a little bit of background. Um, I, I do a decent amount of speaking. Uh, it's kind of a little bit slower with COVID and all that kind of stuff, more virtual events and whatever. Um, and, you know, long before we launched Deep Clean in 2018, I mean, I was doing speaking on a pretty regular basis and I had the chance to speak into a lot of young people's lives, which for me is a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, it's not that I'm some super old guy, like I'm 31, um, but it's fun. It's fun speaking with people who are just, you know, younger than you. Uh, at earlier stages that you've already passed through in life. And one of the questions that I've heard so often over the years, I mean, I'm talking going back to high school, maybe university, um, because I would say, you know, in my peer circles, I was often, you know, seen as a spiritual authority, somebody that people would look to for advice. And, you know, what does the Bible say about this and that kind of thing? That was something I um, just kind of naturally fell into. And I always felt very honored by it. Um, and, and this question would come up frequently. And, you know, as my roles changed and I, you know, went to ministry school and then became a pastor, I mean, the question would continue to get asked. And now in, in, in Deep Clean, where, you know, we're helping guys walk in sexual integrity, this question comes up all the time. And oh, it just irks me. <laughs> it just bothers me. So that's why we're talking about it today. Um, now, I, I when I say it bothers me, I'm, I'm not personalizing that. Like, it's not that people who ask this question bother me because I am a person who has asked this question. And um, I think every single person on planet Earth has asked this question. But it just, it bugs me that our brains go to these places because they're so destructive. They're just, they're unbelievably counterproductive to our callings and our purposes in life. And um, anything that's in those categories drives me crazy by default. So the question is, how much can I get away with in my relationship? Ah, oh, man. It just bugs me. It just bugs me. So, you know, th this is like the typical situation. Here is uh, Johnny and Sally. They're dating. They love Jesus. Things are heating up. Um, one thing leads to another and they start to cross a boundary. They either, you know, finish the act or halfway through one of them stops and they're like, okay, whoa, we can't do that again. We're not doing that again. Um, and so then they come and they say, well, you know what? We better get some advice on this. Like we need some help. That's usually one situation. Or the other is like, is that they are wise enough to realize things are heating up before they actually get to that place. They start to ask, okay, well, well, we need to talk to someone because I want to know how much can I get away with in my relationship? You know, the kind of question is like, so what exactly is allowable biblically speaking. You know, what What does the Bible really say about that? Um, it's that 
line of questioning uh, that frequently, frequently comes up. And, um, oh man, here's why it bugs me. Okay, let me, I guess I'll just be upfront about it. Here's why it bugs me. It's a very survivalist question. Like if, if you, um, if you hired somebody to build a house for you from the ground up, okay? So you hire a contractor and the first thing they do, of course, is they get the people to do the foundation. So they dig the hole and then they kind of lay the foundation. Let me ask you something. If that guy's laying the foundation for the home that you and your family are going to live in, you're going to do life, you're going to have kids running around, you're going to be going up and down stairs or at least walking across that first floor. You know, you're going to be in your basement. You're going to be working on projects. You're going to be having friends over. You're going to be cooking food and just living your life in that house. Let me ask you this. Do you want the guy pouring the foundation to ask, what's the least I can do to do this job right? Probably not. I mean, we can all appreciate somebody who's efficient, who's going to, you know, make the most of their resources and not necessarily be over the top and overcharge or whatever. But we don't want the mentality to be like, okay, what's the least I can do here to make these guys happy? We want somebody who is meticulous, thorough, somebody who is going to do the job right, right down to the last little detail, because every little detail counts in those moments for those major things. Now, you know, if we were just talking about like your 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 classmate or I don't know, your teammate on a on your soccer team or whatever, like if we were talking about an insignificant relationship, then you know, granted like these kinds of elements are maybe whatever. They're they're not as significant. But when you're talking about a romantic relationship, whether you're married or or otherwise, like maybe you're just single and you're dating and you're looking to, to get into a more serious relationship or, you know, you're dating, you're engaged, whatever it is, it honestly doesn't matter. We never want to ask, what's the least I can do? We never want to ask that because that question is indicative of a survivalist mindset. Now, I, I get it. Like there's going to be times in life where you're, you do ask this because you're like, I'm super tired. What's the least I can do to show my wife some appreciation here um, without overexerting myself? Or you know what I mean? Like, there are going to be those kinds of moments. So I, it's not meant to be like this blanket thing. Never, you should never be in that mentality and just go, 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 rah, 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 give it 110% at all times. But the reason the question is like, oh, well, well, what is allowable? What can I get away with? Or, or, you know, that kind of thing, that sort of thinking is just, it is not going to actually lead you to the right places. It's not going to give you the fullness of what God intends for you in relationship. Now, I just want to clarify because I'm realizing I, I did I kind of set the table for like um, people who are in a relationship or going to be in a relationship. But if you're married, people ask this question as well. Like in the bedroom, how far is too far? Like what are we allowed to do? Are Christians allowed to um, to do sex from behind or are they allowed to engage in oral sex. Um, you know, like we kind of know like, okay, the main kind of central component that's allowable, but what about some of these other facets? So again, as soon as you start asking like, what can I get away with in my marriage or, you know, how far can I push the boundaries? You, you're lost. Like it's, it's now the wrong question. Instead, anytime you catch yourself asking this, what you really want to do is ask, what is the main goal here? What, what is the best case scenario. What purpose is this serving? What is the purpose this thing is serving? These are the kinds of questions we actually want to ask. 
Because if you ask like, what, what can I get away with in my relationship? That is unbelievably selfish. What you're asking is like, what can I do to satisfy my own desires? And so you, you no longer have interest in the connection. You no longer have interest in the other person's well-being. All you're asking is, what can I get that's going to serve me the best? Now, you might be saying, well, Cynthia, like, you know, obviously, like, this is something pleasure related. So if it's pleasurable for me, it's going to be pleasurable for the other person as well. Like, surely it's kind of, you know, it serves them as well and whatever, whatever. Look, you can slice it however you want. But the bottom line is the question of your heart should not be like, can I do this? Is this allowable? The question should be, what is ideal for our relationship? What is going to serve us the best long term, right? We always have the long term in mind. So um, let me give you kind of a, a metaphor or an analogy that's been really helpful for me. And then we'll, we'll kind of get into some, some practical examples. Um, I love basketball. So um, I live in Toronto or close to Toronto. So I'm a huge Toronto Raptors fan. Now, I actually grew up in a different part of Canada in Saskatchewan, for those of you who are Canadian or you Americans who are brushed up on your Canadian geography. I grew up in Saskatchewan, and even when I lived there, I was a diehard Toronto fan. So I loved the Raptors, Leafs, Blue Jays. Um, I followed TFC a little bit, but it was kind of those three main teams for me. So when the Raptors had their historic championship run in 2019, I mean, I didn't miss a game. Like, it's funny, I was working full time and and Deep Clean was just getting off the ground and it was like, well, I'll stay up late and work on Deep Clean after the game kind of thing. Like it was it was high priority. I was I'm just I'm a diehard fan. And I even got to attend one of the games, one of the home games in the uh, the Eastern Conference semifinals. Anyway, in it, actually in that series, um, Kawhi Leonard hit a very famous shot and it was game seven. So the series is tied 3-3. Whoever wins game seven advances to the conference finals. There are nine seconds on the clock. The score is tied. It's 90-90, which means uh, there's one possession left because a possession in basketball is 24 seconds. And there was only, you know, there's less than 24 seconds left. Raptors have the ball. The Raptors are going to inbound it. They have one play. They get one last crack to win the game before time runs out. And if time runs out, they go into sudden, uh, not sudden death, rather, they go into overtime. So any of you basketball fans, you know this moment, the ball gets inbounded to Kawhi. He's at the top of the three-point line. And when you ask, how much can I get away with in my relationships? It is like Kawhi Leonard taking the ball, dribbling past the defender. First defender shakes him off. They bring the second defender. He's double teamed. They're not letting him get to the basket. And so Kawhi is forced to dribble outside. Okay, this is what happened in real life. He gets forced to dribble to the outside, further and further away from the bucket. Now, in in real life, in this actual play, he manages to get the shot off. And it's a famous shot. It's like a high-arcing, fadeaway jump shot. And it bounces off the rim four times, drops, the crowd goes wild, the Raptors move on and eventually win the championship. When you ask, how much can I get away with in my relationship? When your mentality is, what, what, am, I, what, what am I allowed to do here? What, what's, where's the line here so I know? It is the equivalent of Kawhi Leonard 
taking the ball, dribbling it past the first defender. The second defender comes on him, pushes him to the outside, and him just keeping his head down, going, I hope I don't dribble out of bounds. Just keeping his eyes on the line there. I hope I don't dribble out of bounds. I hope I don't dribble out of bounds. See, this is this is the survivalist mindset. All it looks at is preserving what you have. It, there, there's no goals. There's no objectives. There's no bigger picture. There's no purpose. When you ask, what can I get away with? You are dribbling the ball to as close to the line as you possibly can without crossing it. And just saying, man, I hope I don't cross it. I hope I don't cross it. If I cross it, yeah, I guess I'll just apologize, step back in. When the actual objective is to score the bucket. So this is this is why asking that question is so futile. We, we should never be geared towards like this kind of survivalist mindset. Because if we do, we miss out on the main goals and objectives that God has placed upon our lives. So... I want you to really think about this. You know, in your relationships, we are not asking, what can I get away with? We are asking, what serves this relationship the best? This relationship that I deeply care about, this relationship that I want to see succeed, knowing that when you ask that question, you will likely have to make some sacrifices. It it, it comes with the territory. Like if you're really going to live that one out, you will have to make some sacrifices along the way. That's part of it. But are you willing to do it? Would you rather be Kawhi Leonard stuck in the corner, looking out of bounds, making sure he doesn't cross the line? Or would you rather be taking the shot, winning the game with no seconds left on the clock? You don't get a, you don't get a chance to hit your goals and hit your objectives if all you're trying to do is get away with you know whatever you can that's technically allowable. So men, this is a call. Rise up. Step up. Let's let's shed off this thinking that's like, what can I get away with? And let's do it right. Let's, let's look to the Bible. Let's look to the role models in our lives. And let's ask ourselves, what is optimal? What, what's actually going to be the best here? When I was uh, 18 years old, I got into my first relationship, my first serious relationship. I kind of dated a girl for like six weeks, but we hung out like once. So, you know. Barely counted. So we won't count that one. My first real relationship was with a girl um, that we we worked together at Wendy's. So, you know, I flipped the burgers. She made the sandwiches. It was a match made in heaven. What can I say? And I I was part of a friend circle who basically was, was they were mostly godly. So, you know, they really, um, they had a high moral ethic, moral fiber. Um, and for the most part, they followed it. But for some reason, with this group, drinking was okay. Like, you could kind of push the lines there because it wasn't going to do as much damage as some of the other sins. And you didn't have sex before marriage. Like, you didn't have intercourse. But everything else was kind of this gray area that, you know, was sort of okay. We wouldn't really talk about it much because we kind of knew, like, ah, we're not so sure if that's actually true. But, you know, it was like, it was understood. Like, if you engage in that, like, hey, at least you didn't have sex. Survivalist mindset, by the way. So I got into a relationship. I'm kind of bringing this mentality in. And the girl I'm dating, who is also a Christian, is, um, you know, we, we want to honor God with our relationships. But her experience with guys has been that, like, you have to give a lot away to keep the guy in the relationship. So things escalated very quickly. We start fooling around um, probably before we even make the relationship official. And 
she is pretty sure and again i was a, a year or two older than her so there was also like the older university guy syn- syndrome or situation um because she was still in high school i think she was in grade 12 when we started dating and i was in first year university second year something like that anyway there was kind of this expectation on her and that she had to give more away um to, to keep me in and that you know i was a college guy so of course the expectations are higher and this is what you do and da 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 and if I wouldn't have had even the, the little moral fiber that I did, um, again, from just kind of my peer circles and whatever else, um, we would have started having sex very early on in the relationship. But I kind of drew the line and was like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. Now, throughout the relationship, um, we continue to be physical. Again, just doing everything without actually the thing. And we kind of got used to it. You kind of just get in a rhythm. And, you know, we had a couple moments where there were close calls and we almost pushed the bounds, but nothing really happened. And, you know, it all kind of worked out. So um, it all kind of worked out. You know what I mean? Like it, it didn't it didn't go any further. Um, but the reality is by the time we got to the latter parts of our relationship, which was about 13, 14 months in, everything we did was just centered around us fooling around. We weren't getting to know each other. We weren't we weren't talking through our conflicts. Uh, we were basically fooling around through our conflicts. You know, like we we had no relational equity because everything became physical. Now, I'm not saying that's exactly what will happen to you if you cross the line. But what I am saying is that you will lose out on valuable opportunities to build a healthy, meaningful relationship with your significant other if all you're asking is what can I get away with in my relationship? Now, this is extremely applicable in a dating engaged scenario. If you're married, um, again, the, the question is actually the same. When, when you are engaging in sex with your partner, you are serving them first. That is first. You come second, pun not intended. And if you deal with your partner's priorities, desires, and needs first, yours will get taken care of. can pretty much guarantee it. So that's part of being a leader in the marriage is that you serve them first. They take priority. Now, when you go about it this way, everything changes. The, the experience of sex and the experience in the, of the marriage improves drastically. And a lot of guys, you know, they kind of get I don't know, they get down on themselves or they, they feel like they should be able to do more because um, generally speaking, I, should, I shouldn't even say generally speaking, but sometimes there's a dynamic in marriages where the guy wants to do a little bit more than what the wife is comfortable with. And it's kind of like, oh, come on, like, you know, everybody does it or they've seen it in porn videos or whatever. And usually porn is is at play, right? It's created these expectations and it's conditioned us to to think that, engaging in sex looks a certain way and this is what you do and this is normal when in reality it's not. Now, your significant other may have completely valid reasons or completely invalid reasons for where they draw their line. It doesn't matter. Where they draw their line is where they draw their line. So your your question then is how do I make the most of like based on where this line is drawn, what's allowable, how do I make the most of these experiences to meaningfully contribute to our relationship. And if you can really respect that boundary and honor that line, then eventually, who knows, there might be an opportunity to do some more exploring. But that's not why you do it. You do it simply to honor the boundary that's set and to acknowledge that the goal here 
is not to keep pushing the bounds and to get freaky in the bed. The goal here is to continually steward the intimacy and the connection that God has entrusted you with. So yeah, there's a huge sacrificial component here, big time. But this is, this is part of the mandate. This is part of the relationship. And it's part of what God's called you to do. Now, in closing here, I, I want to just, um, I want to give you a different, a different metaphor, uh, a different, um, a different way to think about this. Where we live here in, um, in Ontario, that's the name of the province here. As soon as you enter Ontario, there's, there's several different entry points. If you're driving, you will see two signs. The first sign is a big white and blue sign that says, welcome to Ontario. Super original, I know. The second sign is speeding fines start at, and then a list. Now, in, we're in Canada, so our system is in kilometers per hour. Um, the general highway speed in Ontario for a, um, yeah, for a highway is 100 kilometers per hour. And the second sign that you see when you enter Ontario says speeding fines start at, and then it says 120 kilometers an hour. And it shows the fine. I forget what the fine is, like 200 bucks or whatever. Then there's 130 kilometers per hour and it's 250 bucks and so on. It goes up to 150. If you get caught 50 kilometers over the speed limit here in Ontario, your vehicle gets impounded by default. Um, your license is automatically suspended and you get fined $10,000. So that's, that's where it stops. Um, but all is to say is they basically tell you, don't like if you mess with us or whatever, like if you if you go too fast, here are the consequences. So I have learned, like honestly, this is just routine. I get on the highway, I drive at 119, and I press the cruise control button, and I just lock in, guaranteed to be under, so that I am infallible. I know I will never get pulled over. I have passed cops doing 119. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter. I know that I am good to go. And I think that's a really bad way to approach your boundaries in your relationship. That's it's the exact opposite of what I'm speaking against, because you're basically going as close to the line without crossing it. When again, like if you were going to apply it into the driving context, this is not a podcast about safe driving. But if it was, the operative question would be, what is the safest speed I can drive at, or what's the most comfortable speed I can drive at? But I wanted to just point something out. When a cop is in my rearview mirror and I'm on the highway, I have zero fear of being caught because I'm not doing anything wrong. Because I know in my heart of hearts, not only am I not doing anything wrong, but I can tell the officer, look, I know how this goes. I was driving at, at a speed that is basically allowable by law. This speed that is safe. Now, technically, the speed's 100. So if you're driving 100, that's sort of the penultimate in this example. But what I'm trying to illustrate is it's one thing to be uh, to not be afraid of getting caught. So it's like for me in my first relationship, okay, yeah, you know, um, well, we're not we're not having sex, we're not actually doing it. So you know, um, at least we can like at least we're good on that front. We're not going to get caught doing anything heinous. We're not risking pregnancy. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of how you can justify it. But the real winners, the real people who are doing this right are, are driving 100 kilometers an hour. They're, they're driving by law the recommended safe speed. So I, I misspoke earlier. I said 119 is kind of like legally recommended or whatever. That's actually not true. I'm, I'm kind of pushing the bounds. 
the actual legal suggestion is 100 kilometers per hour. And those people, it's not just that they don't have to worry about being caught. That that part is for sure. But it's that they're actually, they, they, are, they are doing it with sort of the, the, the right heart or the right mind. And, and they are doing it with the intent to honor the law. Completely different. Completely different. So in your relationships, I want to encourage you. Um, don't just be the guy who dribbles to the boundary line and then hopes he doesn't cross it. Don't lock in at 119. Instead, ask yourself, what is going to serve the relationship the best? What will be the best my wife and I, when we started dating, we had both made similar mistakes in previous relationships. So we agreed we were going to set the boundaries pretty firm and we were really going to make our dating season about getting to know each other. It was just about building relationship. It wasn't even about, you know, honoring the boundaries. The boundaries were just set there so that we could have meaningful connection. And that's what we did. We were engaged for 19 months. We went through hell and back. Uh, you know, we buried five relatives during our engagement, uh, including her brother, and uh, dealt with sickness, uh, like she was bedridden for the first year we were engaged. We dealt with all kinds of stuff, and we did not cross our boundaries. And it wasn't because we had a lot of willpower and self-control. Those things were at play. But what truly mattered the most was that we knew if we honored our relationship, it would serve our marriage so much better. It was because we knew that if we could just really continue to focus on building emotional and meaningful connection with one another through the hard times, that in the good times, it would be that much better. It was always about the relationship. What is best for the relationship? And there were times where it was challenging. It wasn't like this was a breeze and it was just super chill and anybody can do it and everybody can do it and should do it. I do think everybody can do it and should do it, but it's difficult. It presents its own challenges. But we did it. And we, we had the most incredible first year of marriage as a result. And it's one thing our mentors told us. They said, because of everything you've gone through and the way you have chosen to honor the connection. They actually said this to us on our wedding day. They said, you will have an incredible first year of marriage. Couples around you might struggle. They're going to have learning curves. You guys will flourish. And you know what? They were exactly right. We honestly had such a good time. Why? Because there was no thinking about like, how do I shortchange my wife? How, how do I get away with things here in the relationship? We, we eliminated that kind of thinking so that our hearts were always postured towards each other to honor the relationship, to make sacrifices where it was necessary so we could serve the relationship best. So before I get too ranty here, um, all this to say is do not, please do not ask yourself, what can I get away with? Instead, ask yourself, what is best? What's going to serve my purposes and my intents? the best. You do that, it'll make a world of difference. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you're in a relationship, uh, maybe I didn't tackle something, some aspect of it that you have some questions about, uh, message me. Uh, we put our contact information here in the um, in the the, uh, the show notes. That was a tough word to come up with. And, um, and so you can reach out to us there. I would love to hear your questions and I would love to answer them even more. And uh, if you want to get more great content like this, subscribe. Um, that ensures that you get access to this content on a consistent basis because we are pumping it out here uh, five times a week. So thanks for listening. Have an amazing day. I really, um, I really hope that today's content helps you lead your lives with confidence and integrity. And that includes leading your relationships well. So, um, so do it.
put into practice what we talked about here today. And uh, I look forward to speaking to you, with you again very soon. Take care, guys. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.